Hey friend, what's up? My name is Christy and welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary, the Storyteller Series. So I don't know about you, but I love learning about people and really life in general through other people's stories. And I think it's total BS that we have celebrities and entrepreneurs that are everywhere telling us stories about their lives. There are plenty of people just like you and me that have stories worthy of telling. And I think talking to people like you and me make the stories more relatable and really more impactful. So the Storyteller series is a space for you and people like you and me to share their story or at least one of them because we all have so many freaking stories that make up who we are. So Prepare to be encouraged, inspired, moved, or entertained, or, you know, maybe all of the above. So uh, let's get this party started, shall we? Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary, the Storyteller Series. Or if this is your first time listening, thank you and welcome. On today's episode, I am chatting with Valerie Vedral. Valerie is the head bitch in charge at Vor... Oh my gosh, I was really trying hard to say it properly. Valerie is the head bitch in charge at Vulgar Vegan Cupcakes. I have no idea why I have such a hard time saying vulgar, but I do. Anywho, she is the head bitch in charge. Did I say that? She's the head bitch in charge. How I, so yes, I think I've said that. Cover that ground. Okay. So Valerie, I met her in Kathy Heller's Made to Do This program. And at the time, I believe she was just baking cupcakes in her kitchen. She has now opened up a pop-up shop in Illinois. These cute, cute little shops. I believe they're called, it's called Berwyn Shops. And I wanted her on the show to talk about just how the whole cupcake thing came to be how the vulgar thing came to be, and really just the whole process of getting to the point where she opened up the pop-up shop and how she was feeling about that. However, (laughs) she and I just really kind of got derailed and started talking about veganism and vegetarianism. And that's relatable for me because I was vegan for a number of years and then went to vegetarianism. And I always let people know, I really want you as the listener to feel like you're sitting down with friends and these friends are just having a conversation. And that's exactly what this episode was. We were chatting for so long and we realized the time and I'm like, you know what? Let's just continue this conversation. I will have you back to talk about the business aspect of things. But I am enjoying this conversation. She was enjoying the conversation. Hopefully you will as well. And again, note, she will be back to talk about the whole business side of things. But for now, enjoy our conversation. Like, I love it. You're like, sometimes I go out without a bra. (laughs) I did actually did that a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) I had to go to the grocery store. Um, but I had my sweater on. So I was like, well, I could just pull my sweater shut and like, no one will really know, but it was like, I got to go now. Um, Cause the stores are getting ready to close. And I really needed something that I, it was like an ingredient. I forgot that I had to take to the hatchery for baking. So I had to go. And then the other day when I got home from 
the shops yesterday. It was so freaking hot. Oh my God. It was so freaking hot. So everybody's like sweating. It's like super, super hot. I come home and like drenched in sweat. And so the first thing I did was like change into pajamas. And then, um, after we were done with dinner, I was like, Oh, I should probably just go to the bank. Cause I'm not going to want to do it tomorrow. And I don't want to have all this cash sitting at home. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go. So I, you know, get my keys and my husband's like, um, you're wearing your pajamas. I'm like, well, who fucking cares? I'm cares. going through the drive-thru. <laughs> like, you know, and who, who cares anyway? Like, yeah. I once went to, I don't remember who, um, how long ago it was, but one of my kids was sick. I think it was one of the twins and they had a fever and it was like the one time we run out of Tylenol or Motrin, it was like 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and I had on pajama pants with a huge hole in the crotch and they were up like whoever it was that was sick was like vomiting and puking and had a really high fever. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to Walgreens, the 24 hour one, because who the fuck is going to be there at 2 a.m.? Let me just tell you, like everybody and their mother was at this Walgreens as I'm walking around and basically crotchless. <laughs> Woo, you're getting risque. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, note to self. That is so <laughs> Maybe funny. change into something more uh, appropriate. <laughs> Maybe just not holy. But I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. To me, who cares? And especially, like, given the circumstances that you just described, I think you were allowed to <laughs> go there looking however you happen to look at 2 a.m. in the morning with sick kids. Like, yeah. If someone's going to judge you, then to me, just let them just, you, you could just be like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, all right. So thank you for coming on. I, I totally, totally appreciate it. Like I said, and, um, I'm just, I'm so intrigued by you and I, I remember like you and I, we were, we were both in made to do this. And I remember mm -hmm. like during one of the sessions, the live sessions, like on Mondays or whatever day it was, like, I remember you commented and I remember seeing the vulgar vegan and I was like, Oh, to me also with Kathy Heller, like you see so many people that just seem like super Zen or just not not with a name like vulgar vegan, you know, it's just like, right. like awaken the extraordinary, you know, some stupid bullshit like that, you know, like <laughs> something all foo-foo-y. And so I loved like seeing that because it was just different. It caught my, it caught my eye. And then I think I started following you on Instagram and I was just like, so enamored by you and you're like, I don't give a fuckness and just <laughs> the, and also like that you were vegan because I was vegan yeah. for about seven years and, and vegetarian. And still I'm like every day I want to be vegan again. I want to be vegan again. Um, so all of that just, again, like just left me like very enamored of you. And then, um, the, the friendship, I think that we've started to develop and, your support of me. I love that you are so supportive of me. I love supporting you and commenting or, um, just, I don't know, like the Mindy Kaling audio. I was like, Oh my gosh, Val needs to use yeah. this. Like she needs to use this. So I, that's one of the things I really liked about Kathy's program is just how supportive 
everybody is of each other and just doing such different things. Um, I think it's so important because, you know, I think as women, a lot of times there's this tendency to be like really catty and feel like, you know, you can't share whatever it is you're doing because you don't want somebody else to steal your idea or to do something better than you. And I think, you know, it's so important to support other women. Um, so the shops where I'm at with my pop-up, like there is another baker. She's not vegan, but I'm always happy to like, you know, share her posts. Um, if it's something that I think she does um, cookie workshops for kids. So I know like, oh, fun. you know, parents might not always want to bring their younger kids into my shop because I do have little kitchen towels that have swear words on them. And I do put like a little, um, I use glue dots so that they stop lifting them up but like a little like piece of paper over that says like no peeking or something but yeah. you know my logo still says a swear word my menu board says today's fucking fantastic flavors yeah you know so I really like embrace the vulgarity part right. of the vulgar vegan um so you know I'm always happy to point out hey you know sugar sweet dreams is going to have a kids cookie baking workshop this or decorating workshop like you know you want to sign up um, and all the shop owners this first round are all women. So it's like a unique environment. And I just feel like it's your job to really support your other um, sisters or sister vendors, as we call ourselves, and not feel like you're in competition. Because if if only one of us succeeds, then the whole project's not even really successful. Mm-hmm. It's better if we're all succeeding and um <clears throat> you know, helping each other out. And there's such a wide variety of women that are part of this project. Like some of them, they don't know as much about marketing or they're not as um, savvy with like coming up with creative posts or some of them didn't really know even how to like file sales tax reports at first. And I'm like, Hey, I'm more than happy to help you. That would be me. Like, I love that so much. And I feel like too, I'm like, how can I expect others to support me if, if I'm not supporting them, you know, and I feel like that even with Instagram, like if I'm not commenting or sharing other people's posts or, or giving space to people such as yourself to, to talk about what it is you're doing, like, how can I expect other people to support me? Like I need to do that first. And then it's just, you know, like karma or whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just this reciprocal relationship. And I feel like Honestly, I feel like that with any relationship that I'm in with anyone, you know, is it ideally it is a reciprocal, like circular thing. Um, but I would love to learn a little bit more about like your backstory because I don't know much. And then like how the vulgar vegan came to be. Um, cause I, yeah, so I, I love what I you shared earlier. <laughs> absolutely hating meat. Um, I learned what the phrase, do you mind means when I was probably, I vividly like this memory is seared in my brain. I probably know the exact outfit I was wearing, but I vividly remember being probably about five years old sitting at the dining room table and my grandparents were over. My grandpa was next to me and my mom had made like, I think it was Italian sausage. I don't know, either Italian sausage or Polish sausage, but whatever one had the fennel seeds in it. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And, you know, I'm like picking at my food and not eating it. And my grandpa like whispers, do you mind if I take your sausage? And I, of course, say yes, because I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want you to take my sausage. <laughs> and 
So then he doesn't take it. And I'm like trying to give it to him. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. And he's like, you know, you eat it. It's for you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want it. And so he's thinking like, you know, that, that I'm just trying to be nice, but I really want to eat this sausage. And I'm just like trying to figure out like, how do I make him take this sausage that I really don't want to eat? <laughs> so I learned at that age, like, do you mind means um, you say no, if you don't mind and you want someone to take whatever it is or do whatever it is that they're right. asking you. And then I would always get sent to my room um, during meal times, which I loved because I would pull open the screen and like whatever food I didn't want to eat, I would just dump it out the window. So I would act up all the time, but I hated. Is that why I mean, you got I, sent to your room? Because you would act up. Yeah, I would act up. So because my mom would be like, you have to go eat in your bedroom. You can't eat with the rest of the family, which is the stupidest bullshit thing, because then you go and you, you know, like, I don't know what she was thinking, but um, I mean, what kid is going to then eat their, you know, eat the food that they're acting up about eating in the privacy of their bedroom with nobody right. watching. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would get sent to my room and would then like dump the food outside. <laughs> um, and then I remember like, Oh my God, spam and liver sausage and how disgusting it was. And like mayonnaise. And I like hated that stuff growing up as a kid. And I would just, every time like my mom would get it out of the fridge or um, like my grandparents would be like, this is, nasty and then I started developing this habit of telling people I was allergic to stuff so my parents split up when I was really young um, and I was with my dad and stepmom once and they were making oh, we might have been at my grandparents house someone was cooking catfish and I, I've never eaten fish uh, my entire life and I, I don't like fish I think it stinks I don't know why anybody would want to eat something that smells that bad <laughs> before it gets cooked so they were asking like Again, I'm like, I don't know. I can't eat it. I'm allergic. And, and my dad is like, I don't think you're allergic. And I'm like, I can't eat it. I'm allergic. So I remember him calling my mom <laughs> to ask if I was allergic to eating catfish because I'm like, I, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. Um, so that's kind of how it started with me just like really not liking it, not liking the texture, the smell. Um, and then as I got older, probably when I was I think about 16, because we had adopted the first time we'd adopted a puppy. It was a Dalmatian puppy that my parents had gotten on my 16th birthday. Um, it was a family gift. It wasn't like a gift for me, but because he was this puppy and would cry at night, like for some reason, they're like, well, put him in your bedroom. Like you deal with him. So obviously he grew to love me better than everybody else. And I was like his favorite person. So I, you know, was really close with Lance and just loved this dog. And I just was thinking one day, um, because I had some friends who were Indian and of the Hindu culture. And I was like, well, you know, in their culture, cows are sacred and they don't but, eat cows. And then, and I started thinking like, well, I, I would be horrified if anybody ever suggested I eat my pet dog. Mm -hmm. And then I started asking my mom about, I'm like, I don't want to eat meat anymore. I want to go vegetarian. She's like, no, you know, cause this was, I was born in 1976. So this is a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they, I feel like back then people didn't really know. And my mom's like, you're going to be malnourished. You're going to be this, like, you have to eat meat, you have to drink milk. And so, um, as soon as I went to college and part of it had to do with the dorm food, cause I'd never lived in a dorm before and never really eaten cafeteria food. And I saw like, 
I don't know, it was a little bit of a cultural difference because I went to school in Columbia, Missouri <clears throat> and grew up in the Chicago area. Okay. So the, some of the food was kind of different. I, there were certain things I'd never seen before, like biscuits and gravy, which just look like vomit on a plate. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like does. some of this other stuff. And then someone else, they're probably joking with me, but it didn't really matter. But they're like, you know, the, the meat is grade D, but edible. And at that point, I was like, that's it. I'm not fucking eating this. Like, I don't have any parent here. So grade me. D is like not good, right? Like, yeah. that's like if you're going to a restaurant and the letter is like not an A in the window. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at least that's what I took to. Yeah, that's what I would conversation. Do. So at that point, I, I was like, well, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. I don't even want to know yeah. what grade D means. <laughs> um, and here comes one of my dogs busting in <laughs> there. So I, I have four of them and they, anytime I'm on a call, I try to get them in here beforehand because sometimes they'll start going crazy, but there's always the one who um, oh, yeah. like refuses to come in and then she wants to come in later. And it's like, okay. Well, that's what um, I was like with my husband, like with my dog, I was like, are you in or are you out? Cause yeah. he can just take you. But I know if I bring you in, in like two minutes, you're going to want out and one out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. They do that yeah. all the time. So okay. that was kind of like the start but since I was in college and I didn't have anybody telling me what to do. And it was like the first time I could make my own decision. Um, and then was vegetarian for many, many years and off and on had tried to go vegan, but you know, back then there just weren't as many it's, options as there are today or even crazy. like, yeah. And there wasn't like a lot of resources either where you could find out information. Mm -hmm. um, so it never really stuck until almost about 10 years ago. I think it was where we had eaten, we had deep dish cheese pizza that was really good. But then the next day I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. And I was like, you know what, that's it. just going to be done with it. And no excuses this time. I'm just going to, you know, move ahead with it and not look back. And so it's been almost about 10 years now. And I do have a lot of people who come to my shop and they're like, well, I want to try, but I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to start. Or they're like, well, I was vegan for a couple of years and now I don't like, don't be upset. And, and I'm like, it's, you know, it's totally cool. <laughs> like, at least you tried. I said, but um, if you ever have questions or you want tips or you need like advice for cookbooks, like, let me know. I'm always happy to help, but I'm not going to, you know, like berate you for eating meat. Right. And I, and I feel like that's, um, so I don't, the timing is actually funny. I don't know if you've listened, um, to Kathy Heller's podcast with Alicia Silverstone, um, but mm. that dropped last week. And when Alicia Silverstone was on Oprah promoting the kind diet, it of course got my attention because I, I was and still am obsessed with clueless. And, you know, I knew she was a huge animal advocate and she was talking about, being vegan. And I have never cared for the taste of, well, I would eat like a couple bites of meat. Like if my mom, like back in the day when she made like hamburger helper, I would have a couple bites and then I would pick out all the hamburger or if she made spaghetti mm -hmm. or lasagna, I would pick it out like the ground beef. And then like chicken, it was the same. I could eat a few bites, but after a while I was like, I don't really care for this. Like I was just never a big meat eater. And, um, when I saw her on Oprah, I was training for a marathon and I was like, I was not eating well. So I was like, why don't I give this a shot for a month? 
and I'll just see how I do. And it was easy. I was single at the time. So I feel like that made it a lot easier, but I was just like, you know what? I like this. And I'm a huge animal person. And so I was like, I'm not eating animals. Like I'm not contributing to anything that's going on. that just hurts my heart. Like I'm not contributing to that. And it, it made me feel really good. And I was vegan. Um, you know, I had little cheats here and there, but I was vegan until I got pregnant with my son. And then I was like, I I was concerned about like my protein and what, because I wasn't necessarily like the healthiest vegan. Like I wasn't a carbitarian, but I wasn't probably eating as balanced of meals as I should have. And, you know, I'm, I'm having a baby and I was just like, "Mm, I'll just bring back in like cheese and eggs. Um, and that, and then it's just kind of stuck. Um, because I feel like my husband, my husband does the majority of the cooking, So he is not, he is not even remotely close to being vegetarian. Um, And I feel like it just makes life easier for us, like in the moment. And then to add it, to add in another complication, he's also diabetic. So it's like making all of those different meals, but I have like this compassion guilt because I know what I know. It's hard to pretend that I don't know that. And I know people become vegan for different reasons, but for me, it was, it was the animal aspect first. And then just like the health aspect secondary, but in the, in the podcast episode with Kathy Heller, you know, she talks about being vegan ish and just doing the best that you can. If this is something that you want to do, like just do the best you can, because even the best you can, like something is better Better than than not at all. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell people when they ask me or when they, you know, um, tell me like, well, I used to be, or I tried it or I'm trying to, and I don't know if I can. And I say, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be all, and you do some of it. Um, But as long as you're, you know, working toward it and making some better choices, that's way better than doing nothing and feeling like I can't even do it. Mm-hmm. And then I also tell them too, like, don't think like going vegan means you go to the store and you buy all the plant-based meat and cheese replacements. All the and that's all you eat. I'm like, if you're going to eat like that, you might as well just not make the choice to go vegan because you're not, you know, if you're trying to be healthier, you're not going to be healthier doing it that way. Um, <clears throat> But I like to tell them, like, like, you know, start by getting a couple cookbooks, start by finding a couple meals that you know that you can make that you like that are vegan, and then start from there. And then, you know, don't beat yourself up if you have like a day where you eat meat or cheese or, you know, there's a big emotional connection to food too. And I think there's sometimes where we get so overwhelmed and stressed and stressed out. And in the moment, you might make a poor dietary decision. And then you feel like so guilty afterward. So I tell people, you know, don't worry about like the one mistake you made, just focus on the mistakes you didn't make and the good choices that you made and, you know, seek out the information to help you stick with it. If it's something that you want to do, but even like, if you just go one day a week without eating meat, it's better than, um, not going any days without eating meat. Right. Yeah. I know like the whole meatless Mondays thing was like a huge Mm -hmm. thing. I don't know if it still is now. And, 
And I totally agree with you too, in terms of like the processed foods that, um, you know, that are so widely available now, right before I found out I was pregnant, you know, the, the huge thing among a lot of people that I knew was like macros. And so I was like, Oh, let me do that because I want to get really lean. But in, in terms of hitting like my macros, especially like with protein, I was having to eat so much processed, like fake meat, you know? And I was like, this isn't healthy. Like this can't yeah. be healthy. Plus it was just so much like work and math. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> but when I became vegan, so I became vegan in 2010 and there wasn't a lot of like that process stuff available. Like, I feel like it was just starting to come mm-hmm. out. Like, I remember one of the things that the first things that I tried that was like process was like, I call it Daya, but I think it's pronounced Daya, like oh, the Daya cheese. Yeah. And then like some of like the ice cream, like tofuti cuties or whatever they were called. And like a lot of tofu and I can't stand tofu. Like I just, the only time I've ever liked it is when I breaded it and fried it, (laughs) but there's like a, and I feel like a lot of people too, um, just kind of have this mindset like, oh, it's vegan. So it's not good. Like they don't even like, yeah, or they think it's like so weird. So I, you know, sometimes every once in a while, someone I'll hear somebody like, at the shop site, walk by the shop and be like, ew, vegan cupcakes. Um, and I just laughed because before I was at the shops with my pop-up, like most of my customers were not even vegan. Most mm-hmm. of my regular customers, they were just people who tried my cupcakes, thought they were really good and, and liked them. And I did have like a small core group of vegan customers, but a lot of them just weren't. And so now, you know, it's, it's funny when I hear people say that, um, or they'll come in, like sometimes people will come in and they'll be like, well, what, what's in your cupcakes? Like, what did you put in there? <laughs> I said, well, um, you know, a vegan butter replacement, which is basically probably similar to a margarine a blend of plant-based oils. Right. Um, and then instead of eggs, apple cider vinegar, I'm like, it's not like a Franken food ingredient. It's just, you know, a couple really? little spots. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And then in oat milk, um, I used to do an almond milk, but I had a lot of people come in like, oh, I have tree nut allergies or so-and-so yeah. that I want to bring these two can't have almonds. Can you do like something else? Um, and there's so many different plant-based milks out there that you can get that don't taste bad um, and that do taste pretty good. And you also can make your own. So I have an almond cow. I don't make my own milk when I make the cupcakes. Cause I just have a, like the at home version of the almond cow. I don't have the professional version. It's, it's on my wish list of things to buy. Um, but logistically I would have to, because I bake out of a shared commercial kitchen, I'd have uh-huh. to make the milk there, store it there. Um, so for right now at this stage of where I am with my business, it's easier for me just to buy an already made and packaged plant-based milk, but there's so many that are really good. Like I really love, and I'm, I know I never say it right, but I always pron- want to pronounce it Califia. I think it's Califia Farms. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Their oat yeah. milk is really good. Um, and there are several other brands that are pretty like so delicious. Their uh, plant-based milks are really good too. And I really like, don't. Uh, 
The one, the oat milk that I like is Oatly. Like I feel like it's thick yes, and it's creamy. Tried that one too. Um, the one that I don't like, I think it's called Planet Earth, and that just to me looks mm-hmm. like it reminds me of when my mom was on Weight Watchers and she drank non-fat milk. Like that's like it's just like gray. Like there's yeah, nothing like, that that's like appealing to me about it, like visually. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I just close my eyes, but it even like tastes really watery, just like thin. Yeah. And that's why I like the Oatly. Like I'll, I'll use that. And like my kid's cereal and stuff, like he, it's, it's very hard living with three people that just don't think the same way that, that I do. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, my son does not know the difference when I put in oat milk in his cereal. So I'm just like, mm-hmm, there yeah. You go. yeah. Yeah. So you becoming vegan, was that, was that primarily like due to just like your love of animals? Because I love the example you gave too about like, well, I wouldn't eat my dog because that's always what I've heard Alicia Silverstone state say too. And it totally, Mm. like, it totally makes it to me, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes like when people ask me about, or or they say like, well, it's so hard. I just want to be like, is it hard now to eat your pet? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't feel like you're going to eat your pet. Right. Um, but yeah, it, the, it started with my love of animals and then really wanting to be healthy because cancer runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad died of colon cancer. My mom has had colon cancer. Uh, her mom died from colon cancer. Oh my gosh. My great grandmother had colon cancer. So I'm on like the repeat colonoscopy oh. plan. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's so funny when the insurance company rejects it, it's like, what? sicko goes for multiple colonoscopies and enjoys it. Like I'm not, I do not enjoy it, but I'm I have sure, to I'm sure head. there probably is, there someone, probably is somebody out but there. It's not you. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it's just not like a fun experience. I hate the way the prep tastes. It's oh just nasty. And I've had multiple different kinds of prep and they all taste gross and are just disgusting. So, um, I agree. I agree with you. I think I've had the same one twice. And I told my husband, like, he just did his first colonoscopy too. And, um, I had to do one back in 2014. And then I just recently did one a few months ago. And I was like, you know, lemon pledge, like if you yeah. drank that, <laughs> that's kind of how it, I imagine it would taste like I, I never knew that anything you drank could, except for maybe get like nasty. Jaeger, Jaeger, <laughs> like Jaeger, I think I might prefer the prep over Jaeger, but uh, yeah. like, I never knew that something could taste that, that bad. Like it was just awful. And yeah, it's really just gross. And so that was, you know, the second part of it was, you know, I thought a lot about, and there's a lot of other cancers that run on my mom's side of the family. Um, I mean, the youngest person, I remember when I was a kid that they were talking about how somebody's nine-year-old daughter had passed away from a cancer that was, you know, related to us. And so I, you know, was always very aware growing up that cancer um, was a risk factor. And so when I became an adult and, you know, was trying to think like, should I really go vegan? Should I not go vegan? And should I really stick with it this time? Should I not stick with it? I, I started to think about the health aspect too. And I mean, it's in my house, like I'm the only one who's strictly vegan all the time. Like I was, did. I was going to I ask that cheese. Um, sometimes I think they just do it to spite me. <laughs> Because uh, they don't eat it, you know, like 95% of the time when they're here. But 
it's still really hard, even though we live in the Chicago area, which is, you know, more progressive and you think oh, yeah. open-minded and that there's more, like we have access to a lot more things than like a smaller community. But yeah. And if you were to live in Stevensville, Montana, like yeah, go, coming like, from, not a lot. Yeah. Coming yeah. from San Diego to here, I'm like, you're telling me there's not even a vegetarian option? Like what? Yes. <laughs> so like the Whole Foods that's closest to us, their vegan and vegetarian section, or I guess vegan section is like so small. And I actually go to Pete's Fresh Market instead because I can find, I drive wow. like 25 minutes away from my house because I can find more things there when I'm looking for um, something to bring to like a family member's house. And they're like, I don't know what to make for you. And they don't want to like pick some, because I also have food allergies. So like, I don't want to go to the store and pick out the wrong thing. And the things I'm allergic to just happen to be in all the, you know, really they're like the hot ingredients and all the vegan replacement products these days. So, um, you know, and when they were in school, like I remember when Elliot, my oldest was in first and second grade, like they, his teacher had this thing where you she called it the marble party. Like when they, when the class filled the marble jar up with marbles for their good behavior, they got to have a marble party. And every single fucking time it was like, we're going to get McDonald's. <sighs> and I'm just like, okay, there's nothing. My son can eat at McDonald's. And Elliot came home in tears one day. Cause he was like, I didn't have lunch today. And I said, what happened? I thought they were going to make you a grilled cheese. And he's like, well, there were grill marks on the bun. And I think it touched the meat on the grill. So, you know, it was harder for them and it still is to this day. Um, How old are your kids though? So my oldest will be 20 in November. He was born on election day and I voted after my water broke before going to the hospital. And then my my twins (laughs) were born in 2005. So they just turned 17 and they're seniors now in high school. And Elliot is going to going, going into his sophomore year next week at uh, Columbia college, Chicago. So, okay. It's still, you know, a little difficult for them. Like, and the, you know, I don't know what my son thinks, but definitely my daughters are still at the age, like a couple of years ago, well, before the pandemic, when they were eating lunch at school, like they told me one of their friends had asked them if they were eating raw potato. Um, and they had like a cheese stick or something, but like their friends talk about the food that they eat because they, they don't eat like the other kids, like the things in their lunch are generally like Elliot used to take hummus packs all the time mm-hmm. in his lunch, um, to school. And so I think they feel felt probably growing up a lot more peer pressure because they eat differently and people just still ask questions. And I mean, even though we are in this more urban area with access to more things, it's still really hard to find a good selection. Like with where I am and the community I'm in with my pop-up vegan cupcake shop, there's no other place nearby unless you're going to go into the city or travel out further um, to the Western suburbs or go somewhere that's vegetarian, but can also do vegan. And if you're like someone who's a real hardcore vegan, and I do have some customers who are, because they'll ask me like, what did you put in this? are you sure it's all vegan? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> what did, what, what about the utensils? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. And like they'll ask me stuff like that. And, um, you know, if you're like a truly hardcore vegan, you don't really want to go somewhere where someone might cook meat on the grill yep. or yep. they might accidentally contaminate your food with dairy or eggs. Um, 
Oh yeah. I was, I was like that. And I was just like, I'm not going to go out anymore because it was just so anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. because you don't have like, you don't have control over what they do in the kitchen. And then, you know, and they're like, well, I think so. You're like, "Mm." but even here, when we make stuff on the grill, like, you know, it's, of course, like they cook meat on the grill, but at least mm-hmm. mine will be on like the other side. And it's, yeah. you know, like if we're doing burgers and I'm using beyond meat, <laughs> like it's a separate, my, my husband definitely knows better. Um, but it makes it, it makes going out and stuff really challenging unless you're going to a restaurant that's equipped to. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, with my food allergies, when I go places, <clears throat> I always have to ask to see the ingredients or I ask the waiter, um, like what's in this product, because there are certain things that I I can't have. And they're in a lot of these, you know, vegan meat and cheese products. And we went out for my birthday a few weeks back and I'd asked the waitress, I said, um, you know, what's in the vegan ranch? Because a lot of them have like chickpeas or lentils that, you know, two things I can't eat or pea protein. I can't eat that either. And she's like, we're not allowed to tell you our ingredients because that's, you know, our secret recipe. And I said, well, here's what I'm allergic to. Can you go ask the kitchen? Like are any of these ingredients in any of these three dishes that I'm thinking of ordering? And I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to have an EpiPen just so you're aware, like it's a life threatening food allergy. So I'm not trying to like get your secret recipe. (laughs) Here's my EpiPen. I can show you. Um, I carry two in case the first doesn't work. um, Oh my gosh. Which is uh, doctor's orders. So um, yeah. So I get the same anxiety about going out. And in fact, we don't go out that much. Mm -hmm. And I tend to want to go to the same places where I know what they're going to have on the menu. Or I know that the chefs will tell me like straight up, like, yes, this is safe for you. You don't have to worry about it. But, but I totally get that because it's, you know, it, it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like, and, and then for me, I mean, I think back then I cared way more about what people thought of me, like how I was perceived than I do now. And so I was just like, oh, I don't want to be like that girl or that mm-hmm. woman where, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, or, or going out with a group of friends. It's like, okay, oh, we got to plan around her again. Yeah. It's just, and, and it's just hard because I'm, like, I, I'm coming from like a place that just is very compassionate and caring. Like I'm doing this because I care about something more than I guess, like myself and like, why can't you just understand? <laughs> and yeah. Go, yeah, like good for you instead of instead of people like giving you a hard time. Like, and and the the question, I mean, you know what the question is. Like when people find out, like either you're vegetarian or vegan, it's like, well, where do you get your protein? And it's yes, like, I get asked that all the time. <laughs> why why do you suddenly care? And it's like, and I don't think that that's really coming from that individual. It's just like, oh, well, this is the response that we're supposed to use when we hear that someone does not eat meat, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think people don't understand, you know, because animal agriculture is so ingrained in our lives and we're taught like you have to have milk, you know, milk does a body good. I mean, big agriculture has sponsored so many different food campaigns that, you know, it's just ingrained in so many people's minds. Like, I can't tell you how many times people would ask me, like, are you sure your kids 
are healthy. And I can count on one hand, the number of times my son has ever been sick in his life. He's mm-hmm. going to be 20. Um, my daughter's obviously have been sick more than him because they used to get a lot of ear infections when they were younger, but nobody ever really had like a lot of serious illnesses. And in fact, when they started to get older, like my pediatrician, when we would go, um, for their annual checkup, she would be like, Oh, I booked some extra time in my schedule so that we could chat because I never see you guys. (laughs) Like you come in once a year for your wellness check and that's it. Yeah. Um, she was my pediatrician growing up too. So she's oh, wow. like, I want to like catch cool. up and see how you're doing. So it's, you know, when people like say stuff like that, I'll tell them, I said, well, like, look at my three kids. Like they've hardly ever been sick. Like knock on wood, none of us have gotten COVID and we've all been exposed. Um, earlier this spring, I think it was like late May, my daughters had gone to great America with one of their best friends or it was like some overnight school trip. And I was not smart enough to be like, I will drive you guys Friday night to the school. So I got stuck with picking them up at five in the morning the next day, (laughs) which sucked. Um, So I go there to pick them up and, you know, it was kind of cool out. So the windows are all up and, you know, I have them and their friend in the car and then their friend came over later in the day and I took them, I don't remember where I took them. I took them somewhere and then she was at our house all day. And then the next day, she tested positive for COVID and my husband are like, okay, that's it. It's going to happen. And mm-hmm. this was right before my shop was getting ready to open. And I was like, well, oh, better no. it happened now than before the grand opening. Um, and we were like convinced we're like, there's no way at least Amir are not going to get COVID because they were, I mean, their friend was in our house we, right. we were in close quarters. They were upstairs in their bedroom with the door shut. Like, um, but they wound up not getting it. And, for all the little emails. I mean, sometimes I'd be getting like two and three emails a day. So-and-so was exposed to somebody in this class with COVID. And, um, you know, we've managed knock on wood, not to get it yet. And also not to get monkeypox. (laughs) When we told the kids that that was going around, they're like, you guys are liars. (laughs) Like I I heard about that because I don't, I I literally do not watch the news because Mm -hmm my anxiety skyrockets. And I just believe that we are not meant to consume so much information from so many, like we're just not built that way. That's just my own personal belief. But I did hear something about monkeypox somewhere. And I told my husband, I'm like, what? What the fuck? Is this (laughs) a real thing? I was like, yeah, "What, what is this? And I'm like, Okay, I think we were in San Diego at the time, and it's like San Diego, like its first diagnosed case of monkeypox. I was like, I don't, and I think he started to explain it to me, and I was like, it's fine, just forget it, it's fine. But it's funny, like when you're talking about, like, you know how how we've kind of been conditioned to mm-hmm. look at like agriculture and and as being just such a huge part of like our, our meals. And my husband and I were actually talking about it the other day, because I was telling him about the podcast with Alicia Silverstone. And I was like, you know, like, I just, I I still like really want to like go back to being vegan. And it was, it was more work for me because I had to think of what I was going to eat and either prepare for myself or have him prepare And now it's like, he just plans the meals. And I, you know, and I feel like I, I have the more emotionally draining job. I'm trying to do this. My son is more attached to me. And I'm just like, I just, one more thing is just a lot. 
but there's still like that guilt, but we were talking about it. And he's like, you know, it's just because every vegan dish is like a side dish. And I told him, I said, I get it. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, what are we like, what are we told from like the, like be as of the age of being a little kid, like your, your meal, like consists of like a meat and like, of like a starchy carb maybe, and like a vegetable, but what is the meat really? It's, it's a protein source, but that's not mm-hmm. what we're told. It's like, we're told like that it needs to be meat when really if like you're getting like these macronutrients, that's, that's what's that's important, what but it's yeah. how, it's how it's always been presented to us. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, I understand that it feels like a side dish because that's like my, that's my perception as well too. But I think you just need to change your mindset about what a meal actually looks like, because what yeah. it what it looks like to me is like a vegan, even a vegetarian is very different than what I think many of us think like a complete meal mm-hmm. actually is. And I think taste is a big thing. I think there are so many people who just aren't sure that, or they think it's going to taste weird. And so I had just done this um, plant-based barbecue competition. Oh yeah, I know. Didn't you win? I came in fourth place. So not last place. Um, but I, I was, and I was not expecting to come in any place, but last, because I was the only person without either a food science or a catering background. I had the least amount of experience as, as any of the other competitors. Um, but I had a lot of people like I, and I was the first one who had to present too. So I was like, Oh, you know, and, and I was very stressed because I saw the application and I, and I didn't think, you know, it said plant-based entree. So I submitted an entree, two sides and a grilled cupcake for dessert. And I was like, this is perfect. Cause I just thought, what would I do if I was invited to a barbecue? This is what I would bring. I would, cause that's what I do when I get invited to friends or family's mm-hmm. homes. I bring all my own food. They told us like, you have to prepare five dishes for the judges and then two ounce sample sizes of everything for up to 75 guests. So I was like totally freaked out because you know, as I'm I'm like, this is a lot of food. And so I had submitted barbecue, no meat on these ribs, which was a vital wheat gluten seitan that I made from scratch and then barbecued mac and cheese, a kale, a grilled kale slaw, and then my grilled cupcake and a grilled cupcake, a grilled cupcake. So I couldn't bake it on the grill because it was a charbroil grill and I don't have a charbroil grill at home, but I had to grill the topping. So it was a grilled peach cupcake. Um, But, and it wound up being like the peaches were are really, really good grilled. Now I wouldn't do it again necessarily. Um, The staff at the hatchery where I bake, like had given the shared kitchen a deep cleaning because that's where the competition was held. And so I knew that the charbroil grill was clean. And, but I've seen many other people when I've been in the kitchen baking cupcakes, like I've seen other vendors put chicken on it and other stuff. So I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to, cause I don't know how clean they got it. And, mm. um, it's a big pain in the butt to clean it off. So the, but the first thing that one of the judges had said, um, was these ribs taste like real braised ribs. And, and I was like, well, I'm gonna have to take your word for it. Cause I haven't eaten meat in 30 years, but wow. I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, we're so conditioned. It just shows that we are so conditioned to want to have to have meat that that was the first thing 
that somebody said was that the texture and the taste was just like a real yeah. braised yeah. rib. Yeah. Rather than something like, oh, I can taste the coffee you put in it. Or, you know, I really taste that whiskey barbecue sauce. I mean, they did comment later, like, oh, I could, you know, that whiskey barbecue sauce is really good. But the first comment was, oh, it's like a real braised rib, um, you know, like real barbecue that you would get. And I took it to me, you know, real barbecue, like with meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no yeah. Like your, yours is fake because right. it's not meat. Yeah. No, that's a really... That's a really interesting perspective. And that totally makes sense to me. And I think that was kind of one of my issues. Like when I first had, I think it was like an impossible burger was that it tasted so similar to me. I didn't want to eat it. Like I was just like, no, I'm used to having like black bean patties or, you know, something else. That, that, you know, just doesn't taste like meat. And so when I tasted something that tasted like meat, it really messed with my head. Like I was like, I don't know that I like this because I just, I'm, I'm used to eating burgers. Oh, one of my favorite burgers was like made out of beets. The patty was made out of beets. Oh yeah. You know, I'm used to having a burger that's made with a patty that I isn't going to taste like meat. So when I, I was, it, it, it was, it was a mind fuck. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was for me. It just, it, it well, and I, you know, we were talking um, with the host of the, or the guest host who was kind of like moderating the, the uh, competition. She was saying things like, well, um, cause the subject of plant-based meat and she's got her own podcast called plant-based business hour. And I've listened to episodes where they talk about, they debate like, you know, these products that are the meat and cheese replacement products that are coming on the market that are meant to taste just like the real thing. Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And, you know, on the one hand with these products, you are potentially reaching people who eat meat and would consider this acceptable and acceptable, maybe replacement some of the time. But then on the other hand, you know, like, is this really a healthy product? Not so much, but then Mm -hmm. there's that argument. Well, if the whole goal is to get people off of animal agriculture and to do better for the animals and the environment, like, isn't that a better um, and less destructive thing? But it's funny, not really funny, but, you know, that big tug in between the two, like, is it good? Is it not good? Well, if it gets people to stop eating meat, then it's better. Um, The second place winner of the competition, who's just this really, really nice person. And I really wanted her to win first place because she's so nice. And I was like, you know, if it's not going to be me, I want it to be her. (laughs) She launched her own plant-based meat product that she's trying to get into restaurants and her target market. I, and I was like, I'm so excited because she told me what the ingredients were. And I'm like, I can eat your product. I could, you know, would know if I saw this on the menu at a restaurant, like I wouldn't have to, you know, ask the chef for reassurances. Um, and I'm like, I can't wait to see. And she's like, well, my target audience isn't necessarily people like you who are vegan. It's people who are meat eaters. Yeah. And so she does these taste tests um, where people will try her product, which is called Alchemeat. And they're like, it tastes like real beef. Like I wouldn't have known that it was different. Wow. Um, and for me, I, I mean, since I haven't eaten meat in so long, like I don't know what real meat would taste like. So for me, I'm like, I just like look at the flavor profile and whatever I would be using it in. But, you know, her, when I've talked to her, she talks a lot about how she's 
became vegan for health reasons, but she really cares about the environment and she's wanting to open people's eyes to the fact that there are better options out there that would still give you that meat like experience, Mm -hmm. but would be healthier for you and healthier for the planet. So it's a really interesting time um, because you see all these products that are coming out that are more processed, but then there's that argument, like, are we doing better for the environment and the animals by eating these things? Yeah. But then I think it's like, okay, well, maybe we're doing better for the animals but and not for our health. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I, I don't know that there's like a, a perfect solution. You know, I think people just yeah. need to do what feels right for them. Um, but I, I think it's funny too, because I feel like a lot of people do eat things that are vegan, but they mm-hmm. don't even like realize it. Yeah. And yeah, but then pointed it out, then they'd be like, no, it's not. Or, oh, yeah. I knew it tasted weird. Cause I've yeah. had people say that before where, you know, I've like made something, I've not told them it's vegan. And then they're like, Oh, I knew that's why it tasted weird. And I'm like, two seconds ago, you were like, Oh, it's the best thing I've yeah. ever eaten. And now you're like, Ooh, it's gross. Or um, even sometimes when someone will try a cupcake, they might, you know, I'll get one of two reactions sometimes with people who are like really not sure of what could be vegan, what could not be vegan. Um, they'll either be like, wow, this is really good. Like I didn't know it could taste good. Or someone will be like, oh, well, I mean, I still think I can tell it's vegan. And I'm like, you can't <laughs> tell it's vegan because it doesn't it's taste. Their, their ego, like their any different. so much at play there. And it's so, it's so funny too, because I'm just like, why do people instantly think that vegan means like it doesn't taste good? Like I'm so... I'm so confused by that. You know, I just, I think it's because people don't prioritize eating as many vegetables and we're pretty boring here in the States as far as like what vegetables we eat. And yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I remember, and I think back about, you know, my journey to becoming a vegan, like all of my favorite food, when I think about my favorite foods growing up, my favorite foods were always, I loved when we had like family get togethers or parties because there was always going to be a veggie tray with olives and fresh cut veggies. Um, And that was like my favorite thing to eat. And then my second favorite thing, my grandmother on the Italian side of the family always made these broiled zucchinis that she topped with tomato sauce and a little bit of Parmesan cheese. And that was like one of my favorite things to that eat. Sounds good. Um, you know, and these are not like normal favorite foods that most kids would be pointing like talking about. And then fruit that salad is true. Was my other favorite thing. Like I always like to eat those types of things growing up. Um, but you know, with my kids, like just in conversations that we've had with some of their friends, when they'll ask us, like sometimes if they're over, they might ask me questions about things or what, you know, what do you eat? Um, and I ask them like, what are their favorite vegetables? Like, well, French fries, <laughs> French fries are not, not, a not a vegetable. And I really hope your parents are not giving you French fries every night for dinner because that is so bad. But you know, you look at the standard American diet and it's, it's really not that healthy. And I think that's part of where people have that preconceived notion that vegetables and and veganism can't be good because we're just not used to eating that way. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's true. I, the only fresh fruit I can ever remember having as a kid, um, we would have apples, bananas, 
and once in a while grapes. And I remember when I met my husband, we were going to Yosemite and he grabbed some plums and he was like, do you like plums? I'm like, I don't know. I've never had him. And then he just, his mind was just blown. I'm like, I think I've had, yeah. Oh, and strawberries. We had strawberries, but this is what my mom did. My mom would coat them with like a ton of oh, sugar. sugar. And, yeah. I, and I was like, I think they're good without it. Um, but we just, we, and we never had like fresh vegetables. Like I, I cannot remember having a, a fresh vegetable unless we had iceberg lettuce. So like if we had, we would have corn on the cob sometimes, but everything was like from a can, like green beans, corn, um, like beans, like everything was from a can. And so, especially when I became vegan and I started trying all these different things, I was just like, this is amazing. Like all these different foods you can make, like these different seasonings, the different textures. Cause I'm very much about texture. Like I was just like my mind was blown at everything I'd been missing out on. Yeah. You know? I mean, I came from a world of like hamburger helper and bologna and mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was standard for our generation because oh. I mean, it was the same in my house. Like we had a lot of hamburger helper and um, canned vegetables. I mean, I remember like hating the canned green. I would only eat the green beans if they were the French cut. Cause I didn't like the like chunky ones with the big, bean in the middle. Like, oh, see, I loved those. <laughs> I just, did, I could not stand them. Um, I didn't like them, but, but at least my family also would buy frozen vegetables a lot, which is better, but we definitely like, yeah, I forgot about that. We yeah, did get a lot of frozen and canned as opposed to fresh. And I think that's just, you know, how we got by and, um, yeah. But also, I think it also was like ingrained in everybody because, you know, hamburger helper is a convenience food and canned foods are convenience food, just like uh, frozen foods are convenience foods where, you know, there's like this big dichotomy that anything that's fresh is going to take you more time to prepare, which might be true, but it not necessarily. Whereas, you know, if you just open a can or cut open a bag of frozen vegetables, it's super easy and you have it done and Yes, if that's the only way you're going to eat, um, that's better than not eating any vegetables. But I think people just need to be a little bit more adventurous and just try things before deciding that it's disgusting or no vegetables for me. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it wasn't even like in regards to that, it wasn't even necessarily pertaining to, you know, vegan or vegetarian. Like as a kid, I grew up and my mom would instantly say she didn't like something, Mm -hmm. but she would have never even tried it. And so then I grew up kind of with that mindset as well. Like I was like, ew. And someone would ask, did you try it? Well, no, but I just know that I'm not going to like it. And so I think like becoming vegan, that choice like required me to try a bunch of things that I'd never tried before. And there was, like I said, tofu. Nope. Like I've tried it lots of different ways. I don't like it. Um, but there were other things that I tried, like I never had eaten radishes before. Mm -hmm. And in Alicia Silverstone's book, like there was a recipe and I was like, wow, this is like really good. Like I think I like radishes. I just tried turnips for the first time. 
a couple of weeks ago, um, or the little sandwich shop that we have down the road was out of cucumbers. Thank God, because I cannot stand those. And so they replaced that with turnips. And I was like, Oh, these are really good. But I, I mean, I'm 40, almost 45 and I never tried a turnip before, but I'm willing to try. I, I mean, unless you're making something with cucumbers, then no. I know you mentioned earlier, if someone, um, was interested in, I guess, like exploring veganism, like what are a couple of like cookbooks you would recommend or like just some tips on how to just get started maybe? Yeah. So the first thing I recommend, um, the cookbooks that are my favorite are the bad manners cookbooks, which used, they used to be called thug kitchen, but oh, I, I have thug kitchen. <laughs> I love their cookbooks. <laughs> I used to think that, um, one time Elliot was reading one and he was like really into it and like laughing. He, I saw him like reading the cookbook and then I saw that he started laughing and I was like, what is he laughing about? And then I realized why he was laughing when he was reading the Thug Kitchen cookbook. So a little bit of the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh, he's like getting so into this way of eating. You know, it's so great. I'm inspiring this new generation. Um, but it was just the cuss words. Yeah. Um, and but that, I, and like I think it. like that's what I, I think I had mentioned that to you a long time ago. I was like, you remind me of like Thug Kitchen. Yeah. Like, they're, they're so... And I've made like some of their stuff. It's really good. It's really good. Like one of my, um, the fav- one of my favorite things to make is their spinach and artichoke dip. And I've given that to people who are hardcore meat eaters and they're like, oh, I love that dip. Can you bring it next time? Mm-hmm. And when I tell them it's not, um, doesn't have any dairy, they're like, shut up, you're lying. And I'm like, no, I kid you not. It does not have any dairy in it. It's hundred percent vegan, but I like their recipes because I mean, first of all, they're, they're funny. And they're, I mean, the recipes read like the way that I would talk to people. Um, so they I relate do. to that, but they use like whole foods. It's not like weird stuff that, you know, you wouldn't um, really know what it is or where you'd have to buy like a processed food. Cause I, I do have vegan cookbooks as well that I have one that's meant to be like, kind of like a Betty Crocker. And it, a lot of the recipes are like, Oh, get garden beef tips. Yeah. And like that's the ingredient. And so I recommend people like check out bad manners. If, if you don't mind cuss words and you think it's funny, like it's really good. They're healthy recipes, very easy to prepare. Like I don't think any of them that I've ever made were, you know, that difficult. Um, and then the other ones I recommend, I really like the engine Two cookbooks. And also I recommend forks over knives to people. Yeah, if they tell me that they're doing it for their health. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've had a lot of people come into my shop. I just had a dad this past weekend come in with his family and his wife was like, you know, my husband just went vegan a few days ago on doctor's orders. Like what, you know, we're so excited that you're here. Cause you get like something sweet. And I said, well, it's, it's still not going to be health food. I mean, yes, it's vegan and I do cook with organic. So I think it's a little bit healthier than what you might find at a store um, in terms of not being as processed. I said, but, you know, I, I can't lie to you and say it's like, still a cupcake. It's still a cupcake with a lot of sugar, um, <laughs> less sugar. If you get one of my fruit ones, cause I let the fruits be the sweeteners. But at the same time, I'm like, it's, you know, it's still, it's still 
junk food, but junk food that you can feel good about eating. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I told her, I was like, I would really recommend getting the Forks Over Knives cookbooks. And some of their recipes, they can be a little bit more bland, like, because, and, and they are really designed for people who need to cut out a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and are trying to get healthy. And so, you know, if you're looking for something that might have salt or things like that, or oils, um, because there is that also that whole other debate in the vegan world, like being oil free, which yes. I feel like it's really hard. And I've tried to do it before, but um, I like olive oil in moderation. And it's just, it's really hard. I feel like to commit to that, especially if you're a parent and you have kids uh-huh. and you're busy, um, more power to everybody who can stick to that. But yeah. I mean, but I like, think you have to find what works for you, like what aligns with just what you want to do, what your personal value system is. And then realistically, like, what are you able to do and do consistently and, and, yeah. and what's sustainable? Right. You know? Right. Because I think people get discouraged when it gets hard or they feel like maybe they don't enjoy something and then they start to dread having to cook that way. So if you can find like that happy medium, or maybe it's not the most healthy option, but it's still better than what you were doing before. Yeah. Um, And for anybody who comes in with families, I always recommend Drina Burton's cookbook. She's a Canadian cookbook author and, and she's got fantastic recipes. I mean, I love her stuff. And when my kids were growing up, we always, I would always make stuff out of the plant-based, um, plant powered families, I think is the name of the cookbook, but we, okay. I've made so many things out of that cookbook for the kids. Yeah. And, um, it's funny, like forks over knives. I was just thinking about them the other day because I know like they have an app and mm-hmm. I know they also have like a magazine. Too. Yes. Every time I just ordered mine today, their new one is coming out for the winter. And I love their magazine. It is more expensive. So for people who are, you know, cause it's like $12, I think if you pre-order and then you have to pay for shipping unless you get it at a store. Mm-hmm. Um, I always pre-order it because I can sometimes find it at the whole foods if I go there by me, but not always. So if I, I just like to pre-order, but um, I like their magazine. They do have a lot of really great recipes in there, but also they do a good job of, giving real life examples of people who went plant-based for health reasons or other reasons and showing how, you know, their journey from where they started to where they are today and how they made it work. And I think that's really important for people who aren't sure how to commit Mm -hmm. or who aren't sure that they would be able to have results or stick with it. Um, And then the other magazine I always recommend is Veg News. Yes. I remember I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. Yes. I, that was like, kind of like my Bible, like when mm-hmm. I became, because I just like, didn't know anything. I, I knew mm-hmm. how to not eat meat. And that was pretty much it, you know, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything. And I liked like, it also incorporated, like, just like the cultural aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, being vegan or vegetarian, I think. Right. Veg news is strictly vegan. Is it? Um, okay. Vegetarian Times, which is now defunct, they used to do some vegan. (laughs) Maybe that was it. um, They went out of business or was several years back, but we used to read, I used to read their magazine all the time and make a lot of their stuff. But, but yeah, but Veg News is great. And they do, you know, do spotlight um, 
some of the processed foods too, but they also have, I feel like a fair balance of information about, you know, how to eat healthy and recipes that do a good job of showing you how to eat healthier without necessarily relying on processed food. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because it's like, I will occasionally eat like, you know, a beyond meat, like burger or sausage. But Mm -hmm. if I find a recipe that calls for that, I won't, I won't make it like it, it just has to not have that stuff in it. And it's funny because it's not something that I, I was like, even consciously aware of, I was just like, Mm -hmm. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I wanted it to be like all vegetables and grains and, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing, nothing processed. But if I make it on my own, then because <laughs> then I have to. It think. takes longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the catch twenty two sometimes. Um, you know, and and since I've been having this cupcake pop up, and I'm I'm hardly ever home anymore. I'm like home Mondays and Tuesdays, and that's it. Um, my husband has had to do a lot of the cooking, and so I think it's. It, I don't know that we definitely do any more convenience foods, but I would say that our recipes that he makes are like a little bit easier. They're not going to be oh, like, yeah. I mean, there were recipes I would make before. Like there's one from this cookbook called edgy veg that I love. And it's, it is the best meal. It's called not so Syrian chicken. Um, okay. But it literally takes so long to make because you make your beef crumbles, your, you know, your fake beef crumbles. And I can't remember what we made them out of. I might've actually done store-bought for that, but you know, you have that and then you make this rice and then you also do a seitan chicken and it's, it's really, really good, but it literally takes probably two hours to prep. Yeah. Um, Especially if I make the, the fake chicken and fake beef from scratch. But, um, you know, I, I mean, it's one of those things too, when you make it, you're like, Oh my God, this is so good. (laughs) I'm so glad I spent three hours in the kitchen slaving away. Um, and how quickly, how quickly do you eat the meal? If you spend three hours slaving yeah. away, like oh, quickly does it down. <laughs> people fight over the leftovers. That's, that's the one thing too. When I, when I do make it, I try to make like a big enough batch cause it'll be gone. Like, you know, my husband and I will be fighting over who gets the leftovers for lunch. And sometimes I'll even eat it for breakfast the next day. Cause I'm like, I know he's going to get it at lunchtime first. So I'm going to get it first for breakfast. <laughs> I get up first. <laughs> So do you have any like final tips if someone is contemplating veganism or even like vegetarianism just to like get their feet wet? Do you have any, any last minute tips for them? Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, start small. Don't feel like if you can't commit to seven days a week of doing it, that that's a failure. Like even if you only start with one day or even one meal, for one day, like that's a start, start there, see how long you can keep up with it. And then when you're ready to take the next step and maybe do two meals a day that are vegan or vegetarian, great. And then once you're feeling better there, then, you know, do three meals and maybe try going the whole week or just a few days. But I tell people like start small and do what you know that you can commit to in the initial stages, because otherwise you're going to get upset if you mess up and then you make yourself feel guilty. And then, you know, also there comes that, um, like that shame that comes along with it, which is just ridiculous because we're all humans. None of us are perfect and we all make mistakes. So, you know, just start where you're at and go from there. 
Yeah. And like, I think like we mentioned earlier, like something's better than nothing. Yes. You know, so even if you are vegan two days a week, that's still two more days than you were before. And I feel like you mentioned this earlier too, kind of like this all or nothing like mindset. And I feel like that just like sets us up for failure. Failure. I mean, because it's just unrealistic expectations. I mean, to me in regards to almost anything. So yeah, like even people who are vegan are like, Oh, I'm never going to eat processed food. I mean, I, you know, I try not to eat as much and because of my food allergies, I'm pretty much forced not Mm -hmm. to be allowed to have much, but there are times when, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to make my own vegan parm because I have to get out the ninja and I have to get out, you know, make sure I have this ingredient and that ingredient. It'd just be so easy if I could just get the bio life cheese out the parm and use it. And so, you know, it's okay to use some of those products some of the time and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Whatever, whatever helps. And I think once, once you get kind of like more in the flow, then Mm -hmm. I think it, it becomes a bit easier and Mm-hmm. I say that from personal experience before I had a child, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's all I can do to just get through the day. Sometimes kids are hard. It's hard when you're a mom and you're, you know, it, it I, I, for parents who have young kids and, and are trying to make the transition and tell me how hard it is. I, I just always tell them like, just take a deep breath. It doesn't have to be perfect. Know that you're getting your kids off on a much better start than where you came from. Right. I completely agree. Okay. So one of the reasons I'd wanted to have you on was to talk about vulgar vegan cupcakes. Um, apparently we can talk about veganism for a, quite a long time. So I absolutely do want to have you back to talk about your business and where the, the vulgarity came into play and just starting in your pop-up shop and just everything about that, like how you how you were feeling upon doing it, how you're feeling now, but to be mindful of our time, um, yeah. I just have to have you come back. So just want to give you these last couple of minutes to just let people know what you're up to now and how they can stay abreast of everything vulgar vegan and, uh, just keep tabs on you and what you have going on. Yeah. So the easiest way for people to find me where I am on social is just to go to my website, which is www.thevulgarvegancupcakes.com. And then you can find, you know, Instagram, Facebook, sometimes I'm on Twitter, sometimes TikTok. It's all up there. Um, and I do have a blog, but I'm very bad about posting on it. And I'm trying to get a lot going on. You have a lot lot going on. Um, (laughs) yeah. And then, you know, between that and then when I'm, if you're in the Chicago area, I am at the Berwyn shops on Roosevelt road, just past Harlem next to the Culver's there. And that's where you can find me Friday through Sunday every week. And then if I'm not there, I'm probably at the hatchery baking or I am at home very briefly. (laughs) Those shops are so cute too. They really are. Someone, um, I think, you know, the community doesn't really know a lot about what they are yet. Even now that we've been there, a lot of people, because we're not open during the week, Mm-hmm. You know, Monday through Thursday, people just drive by and they think they're like little tiny houses. And like, yeah, no, I can not. see that. They would yeah. be really cute. Like it's a, it would be a bigger bedroom than I have in my old 1930s house, but <laughs> <laughs> it would be rough in it because you only have a porta potty on site and not a real bathroom, uh, which pretty much sucks. But um, they are really cute. And it's a really great, I mean, the thing I love about it is that community aspect and getting to 
be with people again for the first time really in two years and get to talk to people. If you stop in my shop and you ask me about anything, I don't even care if you don't want to know about the cupcakes or the coffee that I sell. I will just talk your ear off about being vegan. And (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, it's something that you're, you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what the world needs. The world needs people being passionate enough about something to really like want to talk someone's ear off, you know? And I think like, it's, I'm biased, but I think like, it's, it's a worthwhile cause to, to be passionate about. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your patience with my child and my dogs. I'm surprised mine were well-behaved, although you probably just heard one of them coughing up a hairball. I I did not. It's it's going to come through in the feedback. It's, it's, it's unscripted. It's unscripted. So thank you so much for joining my conversation with Val. Maybe you enjoyed some coffee. Maybe you enjoyed some beer. Maybe you enjoyed both. Hopefully if it was alcohol, you weren't driving while listening, but seriously, I love this conversation with her. I love that we weren't intending to talk this entire time about vegetarianism and veganism, but that's what ended up happening. And I think that's just a perfect example of when you are passionate about something, you can be like the energizer bunny and just keep going and going and going and going. And we probably could have, but my son had come home and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even get alone time in the bathroom. So alone time listening to a podcast or having a podcast with someone recording a podcast with someone that's not going to happen. So we ended the conversation. Plus, you know, it was later in her area and we wanted to be respectful of her time. If you want to follow Valerie on Instagram, which I hope you do. And I know she would like it as well. You can find her on Instagram at the vulgar vegan cupcakes. And you can also go to her website and that is www.thevulgarvegancupcakes.com. If you are interested in kind of flirting with veganism and vegetarianism, be sure to check out the Bad Manners cookbooks, formerly known as Thug Kitchen. I also recommend The Kind Diet. That's the book that got me started. I will be sure to link those in the episode notes as well as on my bio. And if you are in the Chicago area, you can check out Val live and in person Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Berwyn shops. And be sure to come back for this episode or for the episode when I have Val share all about, you know, how kind of the whole business aspect came to be. And um, if you like this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share it in your stories. And you can tag me and you can tag Val. And if this inspired you to even give one meal a week, a try, I would love to know. Valerie would love to know. You can send me an email, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at awakentheextraordinary.com, or you can send me a message on Instagram at awakentheextraordinary, or you can send Val a message on Instagram again at the vulgar vegan cupcakes. And thanks. If there's something that you are passionate about, something that you want space to share with other people. I am here. I am your girl. Send me a message. Send me a DM. That's the same thing, right? You could send me an email. Um, you can do all the things to get in touch with me. And if you have a story that's on your heart that you want to share, I'm here. So 
I've listed all the ways you can contact me. And thank you so much for being here. I know I say it over and over, but we have so much buying for our attention. And I feel incredibly grateful that you are choosing to spend some of your time and attention with me and on me. Stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others. And I will talk with you soon.